to kind of switch things up here on the scores a little bit different. Uh, I'm always the one that runs down these score things. And I feel like it just drags on and on and on. So, Eric, if you don't mind reading the scores for me, since we really didn't hear a lot of you until just now. Okay. You're cool with yeah. That. yeah. I couldn't do that. Um, I'll just go through it real quick. Yeah, uh, except for the highlighted games we want to talk about. The Thursday night game, the Eagles ended up winning this one 34 to 27. Shout out to Nate. He was the only one that picked the Eagles in that game. We cursed the Packers. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we finally He's believe really mad about me. Let <laughs> <So>, me <laughs> see this. He's probably like, please pick against Green Bay every week from here on out. So that way they'll win. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then this one, not only did I get it wrong, we all did. But at the same time, I'm obviously upset that I got this one wrong since the Titans beat the Falcons 24 to 10. Come on. Larry. I have to, I have to say, I mean, I don't, I don't know if any of y'all saw any of this game, but I am starting to have some legit concerns about the Falcons. I know we mentioned after week one, it was kind of an overreact. A lot of people mm-hmm. thought the Falcons were going to suck after they had that bad week one, but I have concerns about them going forward. I just mainly because of Matt Ryan, I felt like he's been, I, well, I wouldn't say like completely bad, but he's been hot and cold. Like he, he goes on these like hot streaks where he, it seems like he gets on fire, but then he also has these cold streaks where he just looks really bad. So I don't know. What, well, I mean, what were you about, it was, I was saying it wasn't even him in this game, though. I mean, Matt Ryan threw for almost 400 yards in this game with no interceptions. So that's why I was looking at this game, and I was completely baffled. I was like, what happened to Atlanta? I mean, when your quarterback throws over 400 yards and no interceptions, you'd think you'd at least be close. So at least I mean, have- Yeah, and it was interesting to me to see that, like, you know, Atlanta, like, they were one for three in the red zone, which, like, obviously isn't great, but, I mean, it's not terrible either. It's not like you were, you know, 0 for 5 or something in the red zone, so it's... That's always been an issue that's plagued Atlanta, though. Right, right, that is true. I mean, I've been saying this for a long time. I don't know why Atlanta never, like, throws fades to Julio Jones. Yeah. It's like Detroit... That's what I'd be doing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Detroit used to do that all the time with Calvin Johnson, and they got so many touchdowns out of it. And it's like Julio Jones will be in one-on-one coverage. Like, just throw it up to him. The dude's like 6'4", and like 225 pounds, 230 pounds. Like, he's going to overpower that little DB that's on him. So, like, why not do that? And they just never do. They always try and, like, hand it off to Devontae Freeman or run some, like, crossing route with Calvin Ridley. It's like, um, you know, you could probably get some easy points over here if you just threw it up to Julio Jones. So, I mean, I know... A 60-something million dollar extension. (laughs) I mean, I could rant on the Falcons just because I picked them for the Super Bowl, and now they're (laughs) really making me look dumb, so... It's all good, man. It's all good. But uh, yeah, moving on to the next one. Connor, you watched the Bills Patriots game, right? Or you saw like yeah, a... Zach and Zach and I both watched it. Yeah, I didn't okay. watch the entire. I'll, I'll let you guys but, yeah. on this. But seeing how, I mean, obviously we all picked New England, and we're happy to get it right. And Nate's a Patriots fan, so although he may not be super thrilled since they didn't exactly play great, but they did get the win at least. So I know he's happy about that. But yeah, what were you? What were you guys just take away from this game? I. I didn't get to see any of this one. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this game? Um, I'll go first. Uh, 
obviously, I mean, Buffalo's got a legit defense. Uh, nobody to this point had been able to stop New England offensively. They haven't really played tough competition, but still the fact that Buffalo was able to hold New England to really only 10 offensive points or, or nine offensive points. Yeah, it was uh, nine because one, yeah. one of their touchdowns was a blocked punt. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's so – like, that's pretty impressive. That that shows legitness for Buffalo because they also hadn't played anybody great with the Jets and the Bengals and uh, I'm blanking on the other one that they might have played. But The Giants. Giants, okay. Eli Manning Giants. Um, important to distinguish that. Still had Saquon, though. Yeah, they had Saquon. But – yeah, so, I mean, uh, huge props to Buffalo. I know there's no moral wins, and it's it's definitely devastating to lose like this, but Josh Allen's got to be better. I mean, I I know that that was a pretty vicious hit he took that took him out of the game, but before that, I mean, he's got to do better. He had some bad throws that were interceptions, and some of them were costly, too, like in the red zone uh, and just deep balls that could have been long completions, but instead ended up being underthrown or overthrown and ended up being takeaways. So Buffalo can't keep winning if they play like that, but it is promising with their defense for sure. And as far as New England side, I do want to point out something that um, might go a little bit unnoticed, but... New England might be needing to look for another kicker because Goskowski has already tied his most amount of extra points being missed in a season at being four. So four weeks in, he's missed four extra points. That's, you know, on pace for one every game would be insane. But, uh, I mean, they he used to be money. I mean, he used to be reliable. I, I thought he was one of the best kickers in the league, but... It seems like it's been a sl- it's been a gradual decline for him, and I think this is rock bottom, honestly. So that's something that you wouldn't think about, but I I noticed it, and I was I just kind of came to me about how bad he's of a season he's having. But the rest of their team, their defense is doing great, uh, and and the offense really really lost the battle. So. Yeah, I mean, well, going off of what Zach said, I mean, I've been saying it since day one. I mean, Buffalo's defense is, I think this could be the number one defense in the league right now. I mean, I haven't seen, even Baltimore's defense, like, really slipped up this week, and we thought they were the best defense. But, you know, when you can hold Tom Brady to 150 yards passing and an interception and no touchdowns, I mean, that, you can't overlook that anymore about how good this Buffalo Bills defense is. I mean, it's going to be what's going to keep them in games this year. I mean, obviously disappointing. Josh Allen threw like four interceptions in the game. And I know really at the end of the game, what killed them there. Like, I know Matt Barkley was in and all, but he was actually playing pretty decently. But it was really the offensive line that let them down there at the end of the game. I mean, I was talking with my dad and on like the crucial last play where, you know, Barkley dropped back to pass and, his arm got hit and the ball just kind of flew up in the air and the Patriots picked it off. Like I watched that play back again and the right tackle on that play, he literally like 
stood there and didn't touch anybody. <laughs> like he just like he just like Kyle Van Noy just like run past him and get to Barkley. And I'm like, what are you doing right there? Like you're getting paid to you know block people, and he literally just kind of stood up and was like, who? Like what am I doing? Am I supposed to block somebody? Like so it's just like. <laughs> I swear, it was like one of the dumbest like things I've ever seen from an offensive lineman. Like you know, he's fat. Is he was he fat and dumb? <laughs> I mean, like you know, you see offensive linemen get beat all the time, and like you know, what and it looks bad. But this was just like at least get in front of the guy. I mean, you know, don't just stand there and like look like stand there looking like an idiot, not t- hitting anybody. So. Uh, that I think that's what really because Barkley actually came in and played quite well. I don't think the Bills are going to be in much quarterback trouble without Josh Allen. I mean, obviously Allen didn't have a great game, but it's one of those things that if you're a Bills fan, I'd feel pretty okay with Matt Barkley at quarterback and the fact that you know Frank Gore at age 50 is still tearing it up. <laughs> you know, he I mean, <laughs> shout out to him, man. Like every week, I'm like, oh yeah, this is where he's going to like start not playing well. Oh, he got another hundred yards. Like, wow, what's he doing this? I don't know, but um, I mean, he's a, he's about to, he, he's, about to he's about to yeah, pass Barry right. Sanders on the all time list. And it's crazy too, because I finally, like just last week when we were talking about the young quarterbacks was like, I was like, man, Josh Allen's like, it seems like he's finally starting to get it together. And then he drops this total goose egg of a game. I'm like, man, okay, maybe I'm going to rescind that comment a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, there's time for him to bounce back next week. I mean, the Bills are playing the Titans next week, so we'll see how. Titans, man, you never know what Titans team I was say we. <laughs> I, I think if I, if I quote my dad right here real quick, because he was texting me about this, he said, um, <clears throat> uh, let's see here, quote, he said, we have the Titans this week. The question is, which Titans show up? They can look awesome, and they can look like hot garbage, depending on the week. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah, so, Very I, mean, true. Well, I mean, Marcus, one thing to note, actually, Marcus Mariota has not thrown an interception yet this year. It's like him, Patrick Mahomes, and well, one other quarterback, I can't remember, are the only three QBs left that haven't thrown a pick. So, I mean... Wow. I didn't expect to see that when I saw that graphic. Like, wow, Marcus Mariota actually hasn't thrown a pick yet. So, who knows? Maybe, maybe a resurgence. Uh, let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're uh, a Jags fan, so you're hoping yeah, not. <laughs> that's the whole uh, AFC South. I mean, they're all two and two, and most of them have like had it, not just two wins and two losses, but like two like mo- for the most part, it, they've all had like two great wins, but two really bad losses like mm-hmm. for the most part not every not every situation but it seems like that's the way it's been but it's, especially the titans like they're yeah. too been like, amazing but they had a i mean they only lost by two to the colts but that was an ugly game and then of course the jaguars game for them was really ugly too so like the titans are a really hard team to predict right now but they are <laughs> i know we've still got a lot more to cover yep, here yep. So going on the chiefs and lions this was another game we wanted to talk about this was a insane back and forth game. Uh, I I didn't get to see the whole thing, but I enjoyed what I got to see of it. And even when the seemed like the Chiefs were down at the end, Mahomes still goes down the field, and the Chiefs get a touchdown towards the very end of the game. And the Lions actually had a chance at the end, but they just weren't quite able to get close enough, and their hail mary failed. But 
Uh, I have to give a shout out to the Lions. I mean, they've been my surprise team this season because I predicted them to finish last in, in the NFC North when we did our division preview. And when they blew that big lead against the Cardinals and ended up with a tie, I figured it was going to be same old Lions. But they've played really well since then with two wins and being the first team this season to really truly scare the chiefs the ravens kind of did last week but not this close mm-hmm. so I, I give the lions a lot of credit for that and we, we all did we did all pick the chiefs we all got it right but uh what were you what were your guys thoughts after the uh what were your t- guys takeaways from this game yeah so i mean we know what we're gonna get from kansas city uh i we all know they're really good but so i want to mainly just talk a little bit about detroit like you know, you can listen back in July when I talked about the Lions. Like, it's coming true, what I said. Well, uh, obviously, what all of us, yeah, except for Eric, everyone really. except for Eric, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I think it's a little bit of a surprise, though, for the, the average person because you look on Twitter and people are like, before this game and before a couple games ago, like, they were like just trashing the Lions, like, especially the NFC North teams, like the Vikings and. Packers and Bears fans like they were absolutely giving like no like they didn't even consider Detroit a team it seemed like they were just totally dismissing them and you know I do happen to follow a lot of Detroit fans uh they're pretty nice people and so I I like (laughs) them suffering for so long (laughs) (laughs) they really have um they're, they're good folk and so I I was rooting for them to win this game but unfortunately they didn't um, but they'll learn from it. They're still a young team. It's it's their season still in in the taking. That whole division still in the taking for them. But like, I, we know what we got from KC, so I don't want to talk about them. But yeah, well, I mean, we've been you know obviously everybody except Eric, but you, Zach, me, and Nate all picked Detroit to finish second in the NFC North the start of this year. So I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised to see them take. Kansas City to the limit like this but I mean at the same time I'm also not I mean I expected you know Detroit to actually perform really well this year so I mean and you know I'm happy for them because again like I just said Detroit fans have been suffering for so long that you know if they can actually keep this success up you know when they start playing like Chicago and Minnesota and Green Bay then who knows man who knows how far the Lions can go if they can take it to KC like this um, you know, I've, and I, I would be happy to see them in the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, they've never made it before, so I mean, unless they were playing someone like, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. But unless they were playing like the Steelers or like the Bills in the Super Bowl, I'd probably root for the Lions because, you know, they've been. I think actually, interesting thing, we uh, <clears throat> a long time ago on Twitter, I did a, I posted something on Twitter mm, like before the NFL that, season yeah. started, and one of the questions was like you know, which team do you secretly root for? And Detroit was my team on that. I kind of secretly root for Detroit, so. (laughs) Their fans aren't toxic either, so I I like that about that. I mean, they kind of don't, they kind of can't be. Yeah. (laughs) They've been bad for so long. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Great, great comments, guys. And like I said, for me, since I had picked them to be last, definitely a surprise team for me. But I'm in the same boat as Zach and Connor, too, that Detroit's a team that if they do end up having a great season, I'll be happy for him. I mean, as a, as a Jags fan who's 
another team like the Lions that have suffered for a really long time. I mean, we at least had a good season in 2017, but other than that, we've suffered just about as long as the Lions fans have. So, well, the, <laughs> well, I mean, really, really, we have. I mean, we've gotten like a playoff win here and there, yeah. but other than that, I mean, Lions, we, Lions have just been around a lot longer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, they obviously they haven't been to a Super Bowl yet either, like us. But I mean, so they're they're a team that if they end up having a great season, I, I won't be mad at it for sure. So, uh, moving on to the next game, another one for me and Zach that we were happy about the Raiders, even though we got it wrong. <laughs> I was surprised, the, man. I was really surprised. <laughs> I especially with the Colts being at home, and it seemed like the Raiders' season was kind of falling apart. I really did not see this one happening, but I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and a side uh, note, Vontez Perfect has been uh, suspended uh, for the whole season. <laughs> yeah, th- that was a crazy takeaway from that game with that helmet-to-helmet hit that he had on Doyle that he got thrown out of the game. And then not only that, they've now announced that he's suspended for the whole rest of the season, which he's obviously appealing that, but... It's what it's what guy the, doesn't appeal? <laughs> well, yeah, but, but I mean, obviously, yeah, I know. We're only, we're only going into week five, and he's being suspended for the whole rest of the year. But it's tough to say because you want to say, well, do you really suspend a guy a whole season because of one helmet to helmet, you know, hit here? But then at the same time, he's had so many violations. It's yeah. hard not to agree with you. I think it might be a little too excessive, but I don't blame the NFL in a way. I. Like I said, the rest of the season might be a little too much. It'll probably get reduced to like eight games or something is would be my guess on what happens. But that was the main takeaway from this game and the fact that the Colts lost. I'm happy about that as a Jacks fan. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I note there. Uh, but moving on. I want to just say one one thing real, yeah, real go quick. Ahead, go ahead. Uh, this actually isn't the biggest surprise of the week, in my opinion. So we'll get to that oh. later. All right. Oh, I, well, teased, I, I, I know what the biggest surprise. Yeah, is. obviously, I, I think we all do. But yeah. <laughs> I have a guess. But uh, moving on to the next one, we all had our survival yeah. pick here with the Chargers. This was the, the big surprise of the week: the Chargers being the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, this, this was it. Well, I mean, they only had Melvin Gordon available for emergency, so it was possible to question that the Chargers could lose. <laughs> but yeah, no surprise That's there. Right? If you're a Dolphins fan listening to this, I. I have a lot of sympathy for you. I really do. It's, but you gotta, I'm trying to, if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm trying to look at it like how I'm looking at the NBA as a Thunders fan. Like, yeah, we're not good, but at least we've stockpiled a lot of draft picks to help us build for the future. So, yeah, if only I could do that for the Hornets. (laughs) Yeah, at least you're not stuck with a ton of bad contracts that you can't get rid of, like the Hornets in the NBA. So, I've, I feel bad for Connor, too. I really do. Uh, <laughs> but um, then moving on to the Redskins and the Giants. Um, the Giants get the victory here 24-3. to I saw that Dwayne Haskins came into this game and did not play well. Case Keenan was playing terribly before he got pulled from the game. Another case where I, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for fans of the Redskins. They're having a terrible time right now. But uh, Zach, Nate, and myself got that game right. And then yeah, moving- this is the last time I'm picking the Redskins. Like, I picked them <laughs> last week, too. I told you, man. I said it last week. I was like, I'm going to have a hard time picking them until they can show me they can do something. And well, 
Well, it's funny, too, because I was the only one out of this group to actually pick the Giants to finish above the Redskins in the division, too. <laughs> and, like, I'm the, one out, I'm the one out here picking the Redskins. So. <laughs> Why'd you do that, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I would say if like the when the Giants played the Bucks the week before, if Daniel Jones had debuted and had just a total dud of a game, I probably would have picked the Redskins. But he had a really good first game, so that's what led me to picking the Giants even without Barkley. But uh, but anyway, we'll move on here. Cleveland at Baltimore. This one was a little bit of a surprise to me because Cleveland, for the most part, had not really been playing that well this season, but they went out and did their thing and beat the Ravens 40 to 25. The Ravens defense was basically non-existent in this game. And thankfully for me in the clutch crew league, I have Nick Chubb who went for 165 yards and three touchdowns. So and I may I have Baltimore's got, defense. I may have got, <laughs> yeah, who I against Connor, who I was playing against. So that worked out really well for me, but even though I didn't get this pick, right. But another shout out to Nate, he was the only one that got this game, right. So Kudos to him. And then moving on to another game that made me really happy. The Panthers beat the Texans 16 to 10. I've been a little surprised at Houston's offense these last few games. They have not been playing as well as you would normally expect. And other than the Jags game, I haven't really seen any of the footage. I don't know of their last couple games. I don't know if you guys have, but I'm not really sure what's going on there. It seems like. (laughs) D Hop actually threw a pick in the last game. <laughs> it was so stupid. Uh, they tried to do a little trickery, and I, I saw in, in my daily fantasy I had De- DeAndre Hopkins. I'm like, he gets an interception. I'm like, what? This has got to be a mistake. I look up the video. He's slinging <laughs> oh, the ball across the field, getting intercepted. You know, Carolina got, I think, got some points after that. Like, yeah. So yeah, I mean. <laughs> I would have I would have to attribute this a lot to Carolina. Like I think Carolina's got one of those underrated defenses right now too. Like I mean everybody gives Luke Keekley a lot of credit, but they kind of don't give the rest of the defense any credit. So I mean I would somewhat attribute it to that, but because I mean Houston's offense looked really good against New Orleans like that first week. So I don't know what's going on with them. It's kind of odd. Yeah, I I agree with that for sure. I I bet, I bet I'm not complaining as a Jaguars fan. So. <laughs> hey, well, the, the whole AFC South lost except for Jacksonville, so there you go. Well, the Titans. <laughs> oh, the Titans won. That's yeah, right. Titans yeah. It would have been a perfect week if Atlanta had. Not come on, Atlanta! Got, I know. <laughs> you let me down. But then Tennessee saying, "Come on, Denver." So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now moving on here, I'm assuming that this is the big shock that y'all were referring to. <laughs> uh, this was just a insane game with the Rams losing 55 to 40 to the Buccaneers. I was watching the uh, Jags Broncos game back on game pass. So I guess I'm watching it. They show it like they normally do when it's live, where they're showing the scores on the bottom in live time as the game. So like every time I'm just happy to glance down there, it seemed like every time they showed the Bucks and Rams game, the score was getting even higher and higher. I was like, good Lord. I was, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, are the defenders even going on the field? Like, how is this happening? <laughs> it was crazy. But, and unfortunately, if, if I have a, I'm going to have a little quick mini rant here. I'm, Go and ahead. The, and the Blitz team fantasy football league I play in, I'm very happy to be a part of it, but, Thanks to the scoring system where you get points for first downs, even though Jared Goff really 
in real life had a terrible game. He got 88 points, and I lost. I didn't send the screenshot to Zach. I wish I had, so you could have seen, like, exactly how he got all these points and stuff. But it's crazy because in our fantasy leagues that we do all do together with our family and then our Clutch Crew League, I think Goff had, like, 21 points or something like that. 23. 23. So 23 and 88 is a huge difference. I mean, (laughs) it's crazy because after the noon games, I was ahead of my opponent by like 150 points. I mean, (laughs) it was crazy. And I was projected to beat him by 100. So I was like, man, I got this on. I mean, I was ahead of Zach a couple weeks ago by like 30. And it's like, oh, I got this. And then he ended up blowing me out. But you need to stop saying I got this. (laughs) I'm ahead by 150. I'm thinking, okay, I don't this is in the bag and I come back later that night and Leonard Fournette got 75 and which I was fine with that one because he had so many rushing yards and and but he had some catches too like he had a dominant game but Jared Goff really did not have a good game in this game he had so many interceptable passes and he had some turnovers himself already and he had a terrible game. So the fact that he got 88 fantasy points in that league, that was a joke to me. But but I'm going to – I mean, I have to give a shout-out to the Buccaneers, though, because they really had not been having a great start to their season here. But to go beat a 3-0 Rams team on the road and put up 55 points on them, I'll give them a little shout-out for that. I mean, that, that was a great performance by them. So uh, I don't know if you guys had any other takeaways on this game. Fire the cannons. <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> I heard a little bit of this game actually on the radio. I was driving around a little bit. Uh, and the radio station I listened to is a Bucks affiliate. So the game was on before I got home and, and watched the Jags game. But, yeah, I mean, another thing about Tampa, too, is I think um, not Tampa, too, the coverage, but Tampa. Uh, <laughs> also. <laughs> um They've got the defensive player of the year. I said in the last episode, uh, his name always is Shaq Barrett. Um, He's got like nine sacks, a forced fumble, and an interception. I mean, people talk about, oh, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. But, I mean, Shaq Barrett is the guy this year. for, And I don't think anybody saw that coming. So, uh, Todd Bowles has been an excellent – I mean, they gave up 40 points, but Todd Bowles has done a – a really good job with this defense um, from prior weeks too. I mean, they they had a letdown against the Giants, but special teams there. Um, so, so yeah, I, I've been looking. I'm I'm happy that the Bucks are doing well. I mean, people's moods around here are a lot better when when the Bucks are winning. I've noticed that people are wearing people are now wearing their Tampa gear more. Uh, <laughs> more liberally you know they're not just wearing lightning gear so <laughs> uh so yeah that, that's those are my comments on that cool man connor did you have anything you wanted to add or on that game or are you good no nah, i mean i didn't really watch that game at all so i mean it, i mean it was definitely a shock to me when like i was like you i was watching the uh i kind of had the uh minnesota chicago game on in the background and i'm just like you know, looking at the score, I'm like, dude, like, what is going on here? Like, especially just the fact that Tampa's, like, lead was so big. I was like, yeah, you know, you, you see these games where, you know, like, it's like the defense isn't even playing. But I'm like, how is Tampa just, like, completely dominating this game? I mean, they were never in trouble uh, in that game at all. So that came as a huge shock to me. 
Yeah, I want to say there was one point where the Rams cut it to like five, but other than that, Tampa was dominating the whole time. So we'll we'll see how that affects the Rams going forward. I went to a Rams thread, and of course, obviously, they their fans are very you know upset about this. So Uncle Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. I didn't. I haven't seen any comments from him, but I'm sure he too. I wouldn't blame him, but yeah, I saw like Todd Gurley only got five carries the whole game, which was crazy, but. Anyway, we'll move on from that game. Uh, Seahawks beat the Cardinals twenty-seven to ten. We all got it right except for Zach. Yeah, Arizona is another team for me, kind of like the Redskins, where I'm going to have a really hard time picking them in these games. Like they're going to have to start proving to me that I should have a reason to pick them. I just—it seems like most of their games they get down big and then maybe they make a little run at the end or something like and almost like garbage time but i just from what i i haven't seen too much of them but just based on their outcomes of the game i don't really have much reason to believe in them and so that's why i went with the seahawks but i don't know if either of y'all had anything else that you no, want to no, no. we're good to move on yeah. you pick, are you picking arizona next week zach i don't know well they're they're playing know. cincinnati so oh well, oh that's yeah funny. yeah i will i will okay, I, 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 I pick them for that it's bad too but i don't that's going to be a tough one to pick yeah. and um moving on to my personal favorite result from the week was the bears beating the vikings 16 to 6 since i was the only one that picked the bears that was my glory moment of the oh, week yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah dominant effort by the bears defense in this game i didn't get to see the whole game but yeah, Zach's going to pull up a little video here. Uh, <laughs> this this Kirk Cousins throw here. So if you're watching this on YouTube, it's him and his wife's baby gender reveal. And he's throwing a ball at this box with a question mark on it. And then this the blue powder comes out that it's going to be a boy. But if you look at it really closely, you'll see that he almost misses the box. And he's only, he's like... He's trying, too. Like, he put some strength into that. Like, it wasn't like he just, like, <laughs> tossed it like a water balloon. Like, he's he, like... <laughs> he's probably, like, less than five yards away from the box, too. Like, it's not like he threw it all the way across the yard. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, that was kind of my analysis of this game was what I saw. Because... <laughs> was Kirk Cousins can't hit a box. <laughs> I would say I can't fully blame him the only reason why i would slightly be willing to give him a pass was because when i saw all the sacks that the bears were getting most of them because sometimes when there's a sack you either you either blame it on the offensive line because they gave up pressure way too quickly or you blame it on the quarterback because he holds the ball for too long but i mean you can blame it on the receivers too sometimes for not getting open yeah but it, but in the grand scheme of things, if you're a smart, you know, quarterback, if it's an instance where you're holding the ball too long, you could throw it away. But yeah. <laughs> most of most of the sacks, though, were on Minnesota's offensive line. I mean, Kirk Cousins would like drop out to pass, boom, there's people in his face. I mean, he had a hard time. Now he's been playing pretty poorly all season, though. I do have him in my Blitz Team Fantasy League, and I've been noticing where his stat line has not been good. And I know Adam Thielen complained about him. And after this game against the bears, I also have Adam Thielen in that fantasy team, which 
even though Jared Goff got 88 points, I still could have won if Adam Thielen had been able to do something. But Kirk Cousins just has not been that good this year. I, like I said, I'll give him a little bit of slack for this game with all the pressure he was facing from that Bears defense. But he hasn't been playing well in general, though, so it's hard for me to truly give him a pass. I mean, they didn't even get their touchdown until like three or four minutes left in the game. It, the Bears defense was all over it. And the, the, this was why I picked the Bears, because I just don't trust Kirk Cousins right now. I'll probably still be willing to pick the Vikings in some other games because they do have a good team. But when they're going against like an elite defense like the Bears, it's going to be hard for me to pick the Vikings because of Kirk Cousins. So I guess the only other analysis to say about this game was Mitch Trubisky getting hurt. I don't know if they've announced how long he's expected to be out with that shoulder injury, but we're a little bit, but kind of similar to the bill situation where Connor said he would be okay with Barkley, a quarterback for them. If I'm a bears fan, I'm actually okay with chase Daniel as my backup quarterback. I mean, obviously he's not going to light it up or anything, but he's got a great defense around him. He's got a good supporting cast around him. And unlike Mitch, Trubisky, Chase Daniel is a little bit better at reading defenses and finding open receivers. Not missing wide open receivers. (laughs) Yeah, whereas Trubisky kind of more so has to rely on his athleticism and hoping that the first read gets open. Like if you could combine Chase Daniel's ability to read a defense and then with Mitch Trubisky's athleticism and combine them into one quarterback, they would be really good. But the problem is they do each have their own weaknesses if teams do get pressure on Chase Daniel, he's not going to be able to like run and get out of it or anything. So that would be my concern as a Bears fan. But at the same time, if the offensive line can give him time to make his reads, I'm okay with Chase Daniel being back there if I have to. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too upset about this if I'm a Bears fan. So I don't know what you you guys thought about this game, but I'll let you guys. Yeah, you add your you summed it up pretty good for me. I I didn't really watch this game eyes were on the game right below it but uh but yeah you, you did a pretty good job of analysis analyzing analyzing well, that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's what it's another thing going back to like you know the at the beginning of the year why i didn't trust the vikings is like i knew kirk cousins was pretty overrated i mean the fact that the guy's getting paid 84 million dollars on his contract it's like how did he ever end up with this contract again um, but, and I mean, cause Dalvin Cook's not going to carry you to every victory. So let me, we'll see how Minnesota does. Like obviously Chicago is an elite defense, but I'll be interested to see how they perform against some more of like kind of the mid tier defenses and see if Kirk Cousins can maybe try and work his way out of this slump. Because I mean, with the way the NFC North is work is looking right now, if Kirk Cousins continues his slump then the Vikings could fall to even last place, which I don't think anybody expected at the start of the year. So, I mean, I know I had them in third, but still, for them to slip all the way to last place would be a real shocker to a lot of people. Yeah, it's it, that's going to be a fun division to watch going forward because with the way all four of those teams are have been playing throughout the season, I mean, any of them could win the division. Like we had kind of said that really the only division you could say that about was the AFC South going into the season where all four teams had a legit chance, but the way that NFC North going is going, that's going to be a fun race to watch. So we'll move on to the Jaguars-Broncos games. Obviously, as Jags fans, Zach and I watched every minute of the game and came down to 
crazy ending where the Jags were ahead 23-17 and then the Broncos went down and got a field or a touchdown to take the lead by one with I think it was like a minute and 50 seconds or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but but then uh Minshew Mania went down and got the Jags in field goal range and Josh Lamborghini, Mr. Clutch, came in, came through. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> we got all the all the nicknames. Lambo, dude. <laughs> he he is awesome, man. I yeah, he he's been he's a really good kicker right now the way he's playing, but I just he's got a cool personality. I like him, but um so I've got to give a shout out to the Jags for coming back and winning this after the Broncos got the lead because I think with Blake Bortles <laughs> The Jags probably lose that game, honestly. (laughs) He had a few come from behind wins during his tenure here, but I just don't know. Being on the road like that, I wouldn't have. Like with Blake Bortles getting the ball with 153 left in the game down by one, you're like not really feeling very confident. But even though Minshew's only played a couple games, I was worried going into it, but not as worried as I would have been with Bortles back there because at least with Minshew, I – I trust his accuracy. I trust his decision making. He's not going to try to you know, force it to somebody double coverage deep down yeah. the thing. I trust him. And I'm actually going to give a shout out to Broncos fans here because there was a questionable roughing the passer call on Von Miller on that final drive. And to me, really, it was, though, because he did hit him in the like neck and head area. It wasn't blatant or horrible, but based on the rule, I thought it was a good call. But I, every time the Jaguars win a game, I always like to go to like a thread of like a, for the fans of the opposing team to see what <laughs> oh. were of the game. I always like to do that. And I was fully expecting the fans to be outraged about that roughing the passer call and i was going to even be prepared to like rant on it because like oh it was a roughing the passer he hit him in the head whatever but yeah (laughs) and there was a play before that could have been roughing the passer because he got hit below the knee like after he threw it but they didn't call that one but so but i fully expected there to be a lot of rage from the denver fans about them call or them calling that roughing the passer and the article was it started off like that because they said like due to a BS roughing the passer call the Broncos lose the game. So <laughs> I'm like getting triggered. I'm like, I'm ready to I'm I'm gonna start writing my speech for my rant. Like not that I'm ready to, getting prepared, you know. It's, but then I went down improv. I went down and read the comments and they were all like, I don't know why the article was titled this because we didn't deserve to win the game and you know the Jags dominated us the whole second half and our defense was a joke in the second half and like all this stuff and you know and they said like poor time management. Like so they were blaming their team and accepting the roughing the passer call by the ref and not just like, Oh BS. It was the refs. You know what I mean? So I'm going to give a shout out to the Broncos fans. I was fully prepared to rant on them, but they, they turned my, uh, turned my feelings around on that one. So, <laughs> um, and obviously, uh, and with the results, uh, Nate Connor and myself got it right. I know Zach was going with the, the Broncos winning at home in September or something. 
Yeah, Thanks. it's done now. <laughs> I know, I know you're, yeah, that hasn't worked out for you at all. I know you're. I know Picked you're glad. The wrong that, year. <laughs> I know that you're. Uh, I know that you're glad that you got that one wrong. Yeah, though. yeah, certainly. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Zach, what what else do you? What else did you? What were your takeaways from this game? There's a couple things. I'm not going to do a full analysis like I've done before, but uh, to reply to the Denver thing, I was kind of a little bit surprised at that that you mentioned that, Eric, because. In our, we're in a Facebook group called Forever Jaguars, and there was a post somebody made with these two Jags fans like taking a picture together, and one of them had like a bloody nose, and he had like blood all over his face and stuff, and they were all like smiling, and apparently some like Broncos fans like beat him up after the game. So I was like, I was thinking of that the whole time. thing. So I was like. I was just picturing that, and I was like, well, not all the fans. Um, well, I guess probably what happened was was those were fans that had paid probably $100 or more per seat to get into the game, whereas like the comments I saw were people that probably yeah. watched on their couch and saved their money. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it was still, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There were, there were like, you know, a few comments here and there that thought the call was BS and stuff. But, I mean, I'd say like 8 out of 10 of the comments that I saw, like, blamed the team and the management and the coaching yeah. and stuff opposed to just taking the easy way out and blaming the ref. So Yeah, I was gonna I was even gonna say too that the one before that should have been called roughing the passer. So I agree, like I don't think it was that much of it wasn't excessive the one that was penalized. I think it was more of like a makeup call for the one that was more obvious that wasn't called. So between the two of them at least they got one of them called. You know what I mean? So that was the thing that a lot of the Broncos fans said too. It was like, well, even though they called that one, which was kind of iffy, we yeah. were lucky we didn't get called one on the play before. That was yeah. something. So like it's, it's kind of a toss up there. Um, but I I will add this next part in for like comedic effect. Uh, so my <laughs> gra- <laughs> it's not it's not game related. It's just uh, and Connor knows this, but I didn't share it with Eric because I didn't want to spoil it for him, but. Uh, so at halftime, my grandpa, who is a Jags fan, but let me tell you, he is like the most pessimistic Jags fan there is on the planet. I mean, it, if, I, if they I, don't I, win by a hundred, can, can you blame him though? <laughs> I know, but if they, if they don't win by a hundred, he's not satisfied. That's like kind of, that's an exaggeration, <laughs> but that's like, I mean, Eric, you don't know him as well as I do, but he emails me stuff like every week. When they're doing bad, if they're doing good, they're winning games. He usually doesn't email me, but every time they lose a game, he emails me. And so this time (laughs) he put, he made it nice. He made a whole list of things instead of sentences. So he said, I think they should number one, get rid of Leonard, a one year wonder. Number two, get help on the offensive line to protect their QB. Number three, get rid of Todd wash. Number four, the defense is overrated. Number five, Learn how to open field tackle. Number six, get, get oh my Andy, Andy Reid for a head coach. Number seven. Well, maybe we can get, if if what you were saying earlier uh, about the Jaguars turning down two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> like maybe if we can get the Chiefs to throw Andy Reid in the deal, hey. then... Uh, <laughs> Uh, number seven, stupid penalties must stop. So, and then that was it. So, I mean, there was a couple of them in there that like the offensive line thing. I agree. They, 
it was a complete reversal. Like they had great run blocking, but not great pass blocking opposite of last week. So they could be more consistent there. The penalties, I definitely agree with. That's been a long-term issue. But the uh, the Andy Reid thing was silly. And then the Fournette one, uh, he's always been saying that. But then he ended up with 200-something yards. Like I, and most of them were in the second half. So that one really ended up being like, the complete like opposite of what he said should happen. So that's kind of, that's just a little fun, fun thing. I, I saw about the game. So yeah. I want to include that. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Bill Shoemaker. I, I always love talking to him about football. Like in yeah. the, you know, one or two times that I see him throughout the year, like it, but Zach, Zach's definitely right. I've seen him in the forever Jaguars group, like all, this, especially <laughs> when Bortles was still our quarterback. Oh, oh man. my God. <laughs> <laughs> every day but anyway but yes that's our takeaways from the game and obviously as Jags fans Zach and I were thrilled with the result so uh we enjoyed that and uh then of course Susan was not happy about this next one with the Cowboys losing to the Saints 12 to 10 got to give a shout out to Zach being the only one that predicted this one right and the Saints definitely exposed Dak Prescott in this game there's definitely this has been known about Dak for a while and I'm surprised more teams hadn't run their defenses like this accordingly but the Saints did an excellent job from what I saw in the second half of disguising their blitzes and getting trickier with their defensive schemes to make it harder on Dak Prescott to know exactly what to do with the football because if Dak's able to get a his primary read open right away or if they're able to get the run game going and trick him with the play action then the Cowboys are a hard team to stop but the Saints did a great job of containing uh of containing Zeke in this game and so then when the Cowboys were forced to throw and the play action wasn't super obvious they were sending like corner blitzes or putting people up by the line to make it look like they were going to blitz, but then drop back into coverage. And they were really confusing Dak, I could tell. And that was a big difference in this game as compared to the games the Cowboys had earlier in the season where the teams they were playing were running just basic zone or basic man defenses and Dak was carving it up. So I have to give the Saints a lot of credit with their defensive scheme they ran in this game. And they didn't have a great performance on the offensive end of the ball, but they did just enough. They, Even though they didn't get a touchdown, the four field goals were enough. And their defense was great in this game. I, I was worried about their defense after the Texans you know, put, played really well against them in the first game. And then they didn't really do well against the Rams either. But they've... They've been turning it around, and Dallas, while they hadn't played many great teams or anything, I mean, obviously the Dolphins, Redskins, and Giants are not who you would consider to be elite teams or anything, but still to put up over 30 points a game, three games in a row against anybody in the NFL is good. So shout out to the Saints for coming up with a good game plan defensively to stop the Cowboys, and shout out to Zach being the only one to pick the Saints. I don't know if it's my glory. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if either of y'all had anything else uh to add to this game or not. 
the only thing I'll say, and it's not really, it's not even football related, but I mean, I was I was listening to it for a little bit, but I, then I just I, I couldn't anymore. I, I as as the basic white girl would say, I just can't. I can't even. Uh, <laughs> um, and wow. I'm referring to I'm referring to the uh, commentator. Chris Collinsworth. I mean, oh now I, I'm just, I just mute it. I mean, I'm not even going to deal with it anymore. I just mute it. It's so much nicer. So I just listen to the game in silence. I, I mean, suggest you guys do the same too. I mean, football <laughs> on TV would be way better if we could mute Chris Collinsworth and if we could mute Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Like, if we could just like replace those three people, like, it would be so much better. <laughs> I, like I don't. Troy Aikman, but Joe Buck and Chris Collinsworth, I'm in total agreement on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's the thing. It's it's too bad because, like, I know some people don't, but I really love Al Michaels. Like, he's been around for a long time. Like, I really like him. And it's like, okay, you know, cool. Like, Al Michaels. And then, like, here comes Chris Collinsworth. Here's the guy. (laughs) Yeah, here's the guy. Oh, and, then, and, then, and then there's all this stuff on, uh, uh, like on Facebook and stuff, where everybody's making fun or like laughing yeah. at, like the Collinsworth slide, like when he comes into the frame at the beginning of the game. And I'm like, oh my god, like does anybody actually like this guy? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, like I'm, I already don't like him because he played for the Bengals, but like you know, it doesn't help that he's like a, the worst commentator in the league by far. Wow. <laughs> Dang, more. We actually <laughs> kind of got a little. Even kind of got like a little rant from all three of us in this episode here, with, <laughs> with Connor ranting on Chris Collinsworth right there. So, Connor, <laughs> Connor, do you mute the TV then, or because I've been doing that? A lot I couple. don't. I mean, I mute well because since I don't like either Joe Buck or Troy Aikman, like I, Troy, I agree that Troy Aikman's not too bad, but like Joe Buck's really bad. So I do mute it usually when it's on Fox, but on. NBC, like, I, I just like to listen to Al Michaels, but and then, like, I try and tune it out whenever Collinsworth starts talking. <laughs> it's really hard. Just, just really mute his mind. Yeah. Every, every uh, time. Let's <laughs> say, with Joe Buck, I'm just going to do a real quick uh, add-on about him. I remember one time I watched this commentary, or not commentary, just this this com- compilation of, like, bad commentary. Oh, yes, from, yes. And one of them... <laughs> This I can't even remember his first name, but there was this Eagles guy who was like returning a kick. His last name was Mitchell, and he was like, he gets up to like the twenty-five yard line, and then he breaks away and he like breaks a tackle and keeps going, and like he takes it all the way down for a touchdown. And like Joe Buck's commentary was like, Mitchell takes the kick off. He's at the twenty. Mitchell, Mitchell, <laughs> Mitchell, like. <laughs> You're not like, oh my God, Mitchell's breaking away. He could, he could get a touchdown. Oh, he's got one man to beat. Oh, like nothing like that is Mitchell. Mitchell, like, dude, what are you doing, dude? I don't know. So, like, yeah, well, not a, well, not a well, fan. And then there was like another one from like the World Series, and this guy just hits like a bomb, like probably like 500 foot run. He's like, that one's gonna go deep and gone. Like, <laughs> what? Well, I, mean, I don't. Just to add on to that, like, I still remember because, you know, I've seen this clip a thousand times because the NFL shows it sometimes. And ba- it was back in Super Bowl 42, like the David Tyree catch. Like, basically, if you just listen to Joe Buck's commentary, I'm like, that was like a super exciting play. Like, Eli Manning, like, somehow got away from the Patriots on that play. And then David Tyree makes this, like, unbelievable catch. And so, like, Joe Buck's commentary on it was, 
He's like, Manning drops back to pass. Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field, and it's caught by Tyree. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, could you sound like any less enthusiastic about like this amazing play like in the Super Bowl? Like, come on now. <laughs> The one that I remember from the compilation stuff is uh, the Randy Moss touchdown on the when he was with the Vikings. He like oh, yeah. he mooned the crowd. Oh, whatever. The one when he mooned the, the yeah, Rambo and then field. Joe Buck is like, "That's a disgusting <laughs> act." Like, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> "What?" Well, I'm like, he didn't even moon them. Like he just like made a motion. Like he didn't actually pull his pants down. Like yeah. <laughs> he's like, "What a disgusting act!" By... <laughs> That was so funny to me. I, I love that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, great stuff. Great stuff. I, we could, guys, if you're listening to this, like, we could go on about these two commentators for <laughs> hours probably. But Well, just one, one more side note real quick about Chris Collinsworth's commentary in the Madden games back like like 10 through 12. Like I remember my friend and I always used to make fun of him, like some of how – Back in the day, Matt, and this is, I don't know how much of a problem this is in, like, 19 and 20, but, like, Chris Collinsworth in that game would, like, repeat the same lines over and over again. And, like, the one that we always remembered the most would he'd be, like, he, he would be, like, ooh, that was really lucky. That one wasn't picked off. Yeah. Not a good decision at all there. <laughs> and, like, and there was this other one that he always used to say he'd be, like, whenever, like, your punt returner would only get, like, two yards, he'd be, like, Man, those guys were flying down there. He didn't have a chance on that one. His blocker's got to do something for that poor guy out there. He's going to get oh, killed. The the <laughs> Don't try to be a hero. I'm dead. I'm dead. That's Phil Sims. Yeah, he, yeah. He, did, he did want to hear that one. Yeah, no. Every time he was like, don't try to be a hero. If you try to be a hero, you end up turning the ball over. Oh, I remember that one. Every, like, every time. You had it like third and fifteen or longer. Like what they need to do here is don't try to be a hero. All, all, every time, dude. and like and, and yeah. literally every time we'd like throw a pick on the next play. It's like yeah. stop saying that. <laughs> You're chasing like, me. Yeah, like I could throw no picks like in every other game, but like the one time you say that, like that's the pick I throw. It's like stop. <laughs> Damn, bro. That's yeah. We could go on about this forever, but I'm, I'm gonna let Connor take the floor here the last game the monday night game the steelers dominate the Bengals 27 to 3 uh and we all got this one right not probably weren't too even though both teams were winless going into this i don't think any of us were too surprised with the results so uh connor what were your thoughts on this game yeah well finally pittsburgh managed to win a game i mean <laughs> you know it was, <laughs> so i mean and it's I know there were a lot of Steelers fans out there. The Pittsburgh Steelers fan base just kills me right now. I mean, there were a lot of them that were, like, upset. They were like, oh, that was such an ugly game. Like, we can only get yards by running in the Wildcat. And I'm like, well, is that such a bad thing? Like, I mean, I know the Wildcat's pretty unconventional. It's more of a college-style offense. But, like, you know, if we're getting yards from it, then I'm not going to argue against it. I mean, you know, technically those – you know, pitches from Jalen Samuels counted as passes. So, like, you know, uh, James Conner had, like, 86 yards receiving in that game and, like, six receptions. So, and both of them combined for, like, you know, 90 yards rushing. So, I don't see 
and they were all talking about like, oh, Mason Rudolph can only make throws like under five yards. I'm like, well, you got to kind of get him like involved in the offense. Like you can't just start taking deep shots like right from the start. Like, you know, I mean, and and then he did take a deep shot and got like a 41 yard touchdown. So I don't know why the Steelers fans are so upset. And they're again, like what I was mentioning before, they're like, oh, we need to fire Tomlin. Like Tomlin's been around here too long and blah, blah. We need to fire the coaching staff. And I'm like, well, you do realize that since 2007, when Tomlin was hired, the Steelers have yet to have a losing season. So, like, until that happens, which, I mean, it might happen this year, who knows. But even then, like, who who are you going to go out and get to coach the team? Like, if you fire Mike Tomlin, I mean, why would you want to? I mean, he's probably one of the top – I don't know if right now I'd call him top five, but, like, he's one of the top ten coaches in the league. So I don't know why you – where the logic would be in firing him and then all of a sudden trying to start over. Um, and then <clears throat> one thing I'm also really happy about with the Steelers right now is that they, they're they really trying to get back to their roots and, like, with having a strong defense. Because that's been our issue the past, like, four or five seasons is the defense has just been atrocious, especially in the secondary. And And I know the Bengals are obviously a dumpster fire right now. But, you know, to hold the Bengals offense to only three points and to put up eight sacks on the board, I mean, whew, eight sacks is nothing to sneeze at. And, the, I mean, it's up there with the Bears in that game against the Vikings. And the fact that the defense held Andy Dalton in check the whole game is impressive to me. And, you know, I don't see any reason to be upset this game. It's building towards something better and obviously next week we have Baltimore. It's going to be another home game. So that's going to be a real telltale sign. Can we roll over what we did in the Cincinnati game and apply that to a better, a much better team in Baltimore? And if we can, then it's going to start looking good. If not, you know, if as long as it's a close game, then I'm going to still t- take that as a minor positive. Like, okay, we're taking those steps to, you know, looking towards more wins and a better team. And it seems like the Steelers fans are so caught up in the fact that they think that every year we need to be contending for the Super Bowl. And it's like, that's just not logical. It's not the reality. I mean, you're not going to compete for the Super Bowl every year. You have to have these years where you're going to, you know, take a step back and start work on work on developing a young quarterback and, you know, start rebuilding your defense and rebuilding your offense after, you know, you lose Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. So I'm taking this as a, a big win and a step in the right direction. Um, but certainly I wouldn't get overexcited because it is the Bengals. So uh, yeah. next week is going to be a, a better indication. <laughs> I will say to add to that, man, is as a Jaguars fan, I'm, I don't care how it gets done. I'm never going to be upset about a 24 point victory. I mean, that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm happy we scraped by with a last-second field goal to beat the Broncos, who were also like, yeah, they're a winless team too. Like, I, I but I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh my god, we barely won. Oh, it was ugly. <laughs> like, come on, man, y'all just won by 24 points. Your fans should. It was their first win of the season on a Monday night game. They should be at least a little bit. I mean, obviously, you're not like thinking you're going to the Super Bowl, but they should at least be like, all right, we got to win. You know, like you said, maybe we can get it back on track. Like, I don't know, man, that that's really weird to hear that from a fan base like that. That's, that's interesting. I, I'm I glad you're being of, about it. 
<laughs> I see a lot of similarities between uh, my grandfather we just talked about and a couple minutes ago and uh, <laughs> and the Steelers fan base. I see a lot of similarities there because <laughs> oh, he would funny. do the same thing. He would even sometimes we'd win and he'd be like, oh, they should have won by more. It was way too close. They let they almost let up the comeback. They can't do that next. You're like, oh, ugh. It's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. Well, but, I mean, like, you win. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's what tends to start happening whenever you have, like, you know, it's unfortunate with a lot of teams that have, like, had a lot of success. So, like, you know, I'm sure that once the Patriots start actually falling off the map, you're going to be hearing this all over from mm-hmm. Patriots fans. Like, oh, like, team sucks. Like, ugh. Yeah. Even if they're, like, winning games, like, you know, but they're not going 13-3. and three. They're like, oh, we should be doing better. We're the Patriots. Ugh. And, like, you know, I know teams like, you know, like this has happened with the Cowboys before, too, because the Cowboys have had so much success. Like, the fans are like, oh, like, the, the team sucks. Like, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's not worth it. We shouldn't <laughs> give him that money. Ugh. So it's just an unfortunate reality when it comes to um, – teams that have had all this success in the past like and then you got all these bandwagon fans that are along for the ride and are getting all upset mm-hmm. and ready to, ready to jump ship because you're having one <laughs> bad season yeah so uh so we'll transition now i want to i definitely want to thank eric for for kind of leading the way for the nfl games uh you did a really good job man uh it's different I, and and i liked it <laughs> i i love the nfl so i'm yeah I was. I'm happy to do that. No problem, man. Yeah. All right. So we'll transition now to uh, to fantasy football talk because obviously the four podcasters faced off against each other this week, and uh, Eric complained about his team last week. I mean, I, my team did even worse than his team did last week, scoring only 64 points here to Nathan's 164, and he beat me by exactly 100 points. This wasn't even – I wasn't even following fantasy this week because I just saw from the start. Uh, the family league was a little bit closer, but in this league, it was just doomed from – I was just doomed from the start. I mean, it, it continued all the way throughout. My bench didn't help me. It's not like I was – sometimes it's like, oh, if I had just done my bench instead of my starters, I would have won. Like, this wasn't the case. My bench uh, – I could have only gotten minimal points if I had optimized my lineup. Uh, so definitely my big problem, not getting touchdowns. Mark Andrews had the only receiving touchdown for me. I had Green Bay's defense. They had negative points. Nicole Hardman picked the wrong week to start him, that's for sure. And then just everybody else did bad. So <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what to say. And then everybody on Nate's team did good, essentially, except for like two people. His whole team did really good. I mean, so, it helps when one of your guys gets 41 points. I mean. <laughs> yeah, freaking Chris Godwin. <laughs> yeah, you know, why, why couldn't it have been him last week when Mike Evans was the one getting all the touchdowns last week? <laughs> yeah, so, but I still stand at second in the league. So, I'm because I had that 3-0 record, I'm still, you know, it's going to be a while till I fall out of the playoff picture, but disappointing for sure i wanted to beat nathan but so you guys had a little bit more a little bit close actually a lot closer of a matchup but still it was pretty you know, we knew what <laughs> well, was gonna happen. yes we'll see back back with your uh with the whole thing earlier about the washington state game i was upset with my players last week but i didn't call them fat and dumb so <laughs> 
you know, but I talked about how badly my players needed to step up and look what happened. I mean, I got 165 points this week, so which was the highest score I I had been needing a week like that. I know Connor, I know you do too, obviously, since you still haven't well, I mean, but I, you know, I, I had, I've had really high expectations for my team going into this season and until this week they hadn't really delivered. So it's nice to see a good result, even though I did have some players that definitely could have been better. I had a great effort all around, so I'm very happy with my team. Well, I mean, you know, maybe I should start calling my players fat and dumb considering we're 0 and 4. <laughs> like, I mean, and it sucks to me is that like it seems to be this this seems to be a trend for me like over the past years in fantasy football. It's like I'll put up good weeks, but I don't know if if you go back to the standings page, like I'm pretty sure I'm highest on points like against. I mean, I may not I may be like a close second on that, but let's see. Yeah, I'm number one when it comes to points yep. scored on me. It's like I just have the worst freaking luck when it comes to my matchups. It's and terrible like, luck. Like, I mean, yeah, like, and like I'm not gonna say that was the reason for all of my losses. Like, cause there were a couple weeks where I was pretty bad. But it's like you know, how am I supposed to win when I'm going against the people that are getting the most points like every week? So I mean, like you know, like this week, and then obviously I think in week one was kind of the same story. Like Paul just like completely like outscored me and had like the number one score of the week. So obviously disappointing, but you know, I got my first win in the family league because unfortunately I somehow have this curse over Zach that he can't beat me in fantasy football. I really <laughs> hope, I really hope it's just limited to that league. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, we'll see how that goes when we face off in the clutch league, but yeah, we play yeah, each so, other next this upcoming week. So we'll but, see, but but somehow, Zach, yeah, Zach, it's just like, like you're just cursed. I've accepted you play. it. Like I just know my team's gonna suck whenever I play you. I'm like, okay, this is my worst week. Sure enough, in the family league, I score like 70 points. Like that's even yeah. more than this league, which is crazy. It's non PPR, but it's just like it's gonna be my worst week. Like I can already, I already know it. The well, I mean, week's no. like, <laughs> well, I mean, because we let's see, we're on season number seven in that league, and we've never played each other in the playoffs. I don't think. Cause, no. Yeah, and so like, and all I'm basically twelve and one against Zach all time in the family league. It's it's crazy. And they're not even clo- a lot of them aren't even close to. Yeah, like. well, and like I had that one game where like you scored like eighty points or something, and I had like a hundred and eighty in a non PPR league. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> this is some curse against yep. you. <laughs> so uh, so our final topic here. Uh, <laughs> we talked about. Damian Lillard, uh, you know, the best NBA player who, musical artist, I mean, some guys have tried to compete with him uh, with the hip-hop and rap genre, but they really don't have the same uh, same talent as Damian does. And so essentially the, the background story for the whole beef with Shaq now is uh, – I don't know if he was asked this or he brought it up, but he kind of said that, oh, he doesn't think Shaq's a good rapper on some sort of podcast. And then Shaq got wind of that. He came out with a rap. And then Dame came out with his diss um, and his diss rap here. Rain, rain, go away uh, is the name of it. You can listen to it on SoundCloud, YouTube, a couple other places. But uh, (laughs) I saw a poll on Twitter saying, like, who do you think won, Shaq or, or 
Damian Lillard, and it was like 90% Damian Lillard. So I listened to it, and I actually, I've listened to it a couple times. I'm not even a hip-hop rap fan, but I don't, maybe just because he's my favorite player, I have like a liking to it because of that. A bias bias alert. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> it, but like still, he's talented. I mean, you can't like for being a basketball player, you wouldn't think he'd be this good of a, of a rapper. But uh, and then another thing, too, is he doesn't really cuss a lot in his raps. Like sometimes you hear these raps with the when he makes diss raps, it's like expletive, 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 like just yeah. all back. <laughs> he doesn't use that. He uses actual language like and there was a I'll, I'll find it on Twitter. I retweeted it. Uh, it's a stat with his, you know, with his rap uh, thing. So, OK, so here. 54% of his words rhyme. 36% are unique words. Uh, that's a lot of syllables, I guess, and rhyming words. But, like, it's it's impressive. He's, as it says here, well-respected in the hip-hop community. Um, so I'm not surprised that everybody thinks he won this uh, rap. And to show you guys some of the, a little bit of lyrics here, I'll go back to the first one. But basically, he's saying how... Kobe won the rings for him in L.A. That's what he says here in this quote. Uh, the next one uh, says, D-Wade got you a ring in Miami. Um, saying how the Orlando Magic would rather um, give me all the money in the world but trade you for a penny. like Because he's like, you know, bringing the money into it. They always bring money into it. He's like 250 mil in my pocket because that's like his career earnings or whatever. He's made a lot of money, obviously, by staying on the same team. You get that benefit. But, and then talks about Space Jam here, not Blue Chips, which Shaq was in. And Dame is going to be in the next Space Jam movie. But, so, if you guys want to, you know, go spam Connor with your messages. Watch Space Jam, <laughs> Connor, because he still hasn't done it yet. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about that. We talked about that before the podcast started, and I was like, I wonder if we're going to mention that, and like, I just completely forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, and then another thing too here. He's. I, I like this cover art too. The the Shaq guy crying thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to talk about like, when he, when he gets the, Shaq. like the I crying mean, Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, and then another thing, too, wasn't even the tweets, um, but one of my favorite lines was he was talking about, like, call 911, because outside of Staples, there's a, like, a body in the, I, I can't re- do it word for word, but he's essentially saying, like, they're, like his his body's in the statue, his dead body's, like, rotting in, in outside of Staples, like... <laughs> Oh, that's kind of hard. <laughs> like, by the statue too, or something like that. Like I was like, wow, uh, call nine one one for that. Like so, um, so yeah, Dame, uh, shout out again, man. You're keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you got a lot of fans on Twitter. I know that for sure. I'm not the only one who's who's a fan of him. Uh, so obviously it's not basketball related, but still something about something relevant within a major basketball player news-wise. So I don't know if you guys want to say anything about this or not on the Shaq side or Dane side, but... 
I'm, I'm good, personally. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't really listen to it a whole yeah. lot, so I, I can't give a... Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, so, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, actually, yeah, so just thanks, guys. For, <laughs> I was going to say something, but it'll be pretty obvious for you to say it, so I'm not going to say it. So stay tuned for the next reaction video coming out next week. That'll be the next one that you guys will hear. And we'll talk about the games of weeks five in the NFL and six for college. And that should be a lot of fun. So stay tuned. Bye. Peace.